Hey out there to all people, and green screen lizards. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the guy that took that chocolate cake, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? I'm doing good, Brandon. God damn it, you weren't supposed to tell nobody. God, our maid is going to be so pissed at us. Well, (laughs) me anyway. I'm going to put you on there too. I I will throw you right under that bus. You know what? Every time we used to get in trouble in school, it would always be Brandon and Cortland. So I'm just going to... I'm just going to put you in that. You stole the cake, too, I guess. (laughs) We would both get in trouble, but it was almost always me that caused whatever you were getting in trouble for. Yeah, I was an angel, and you were the devil, and uh, we just got lumped into one every time. Brandon and Corlin. God damn it. Haunts my nightmares every day. (laughs) Yeah. Wake up in a cold sweat. (laughs) Brandon and Corlin. I'm like, no, no. (laughs) It wasn't me. How are you doing, half of Brandon and Cortland? Oh, man. I just woke up from a cold sweat. Got trouble in my dreams. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Again. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing fine. It was just Thanksgiving, uh, yeah. at least over here in the States anyway. I don't know. Is it? A, you guys don't even have Thanksgiving in Australia, do you? You have nothing to be thankful for. <laughs> it's it's not a thing, but we celebrate it and eat lots of stuff anyway. Oh, good. So your kids are just like, yay, the day of great dinners. <laughs> Yeah, they're just like the day we eat pumpkin pie. Oh my god. I don't like pumpkin pie very much. Oh man, I'm glad that there is an ocean separating us right now, Portland. (laughs) Oh, whatever. (laughs) I would eat pumpkin pie for three meals a day, every day for the rest of my life. You're crazy, Brandon. And I would pile whipped cream so high on that pie... That you can't even see it. Yeah, that's the part I like about pumpkin pie is the whipped cream. <laughs> just hide the pie. Yeah, if I could. The pumpkin pie is good if you don't taste it. I just scrape all the whipped cream off and eat it, and I'm like, can I have more whipped cream, please? <laughs> whipped cream is good, though. God, uh, That's like eating a chip, but like only the dip off of it. <laughs> just, keep just licking the salsa. It. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's gross. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was. Fun. I actually had two Thanksgivings because I'm, because oh, I'm so cool. Look at me. Yeah, I know. Like, why did you get two, two fucking Thanksgivings? Why did Cortland get two Thanksgivings? <laughs> because we have two families that we had to have Thanksgivings for. It was great. You know, I made stuffing a couple of times, and the mashed potatoes were of course great delicious. Too. I'm the kind of person that like I don't care about the turkey. I just like all the sides. <laughs> right. Like fuck yeah, the, the turkey's meat. just kind of there. Yeah, it's just kind of dry over there, and I'm like, give me that mashed potatoes and fucking... You're there because you have to be. Everything else deserves to be here. One time, though, I did take a turkey breast and stuffed it with stuffing and made, like, a roulade out of it by rolling it up, and it was great. But, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I could do without the turkey. I'll take everything else, except for maybe the pumpkin pie. Well, I can't ride with you all the way there, Cortland, but... It's okay. I'll drop you off into the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Oh, shit. Brandon. Wow. Yeah. We're on the last episode of Goosebumps. It's, it's wild. A bittersweet moment. That we are here. We, we've we been saying it for like the last, I don't know, 40 or 50 episodes, but it's like, yeah. I can't believe we're, we're done with Goosebumps now. We've officially seen every single episode of both Are You Afraid of the Dark, except for the last like four, but we'll get there, and Goosebumps. What are we yeah. doing? Look at this podcast. Look at the places oh, we've getting gone. Getting all emotional. I just want more. But thankfully, Disney Plus is like, we got you, girls. <laughs> yeah. Goosebumps Eventually, will someday. never truly die. 
Nah, they're always like, movies. I wants that money. Books. But, <laughs> you know what? It's fine. We'll figure out what we're going to do with ourselves after we collect ourselves from the ground, you know? Yes. But before all that, Cuomo, we've got to yeah. get through we this are being episode. Premature celebration for a second there. we got to get through this fucking episode. Yeah. We've got to get through Deep Trouble Part 2. Wow, what a finale. Am I right? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It answered all the questions that Goosebumps has been setting up. This is where <laughs> yeah. this is where it's all been leading. Yeah, yep. It wraps it up in a gorgeous bow. I have no more questions. It answered everything I wanted to know about my hairiest no, adventure and everything. It's perfect. Corlin, oh, what did boy. you think of this part? If this episode. if I were to rate this on IMDb, I'd give it point two more <laughs> from the last part. One. Yeah, actually, if I'm being honest, I actually kind of like this episode. Uh, that it's was pretty good. It's definitely better than part one. Things do happen. I feel like actually a lot happens, and the budget for this episode was it gave a lot. You know, it gave a lot. Yeah, this episode is like very Land of the Lost. Yeah, yep. I'm here for that. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you kind of like, you know, green screen lizards. There's a lot of green screen going on in this episode. There's some pretty great makeup going on. Um, Really cool masks. Like, it's, it's, uneven, it's got a little bit of everything. A little bit. Yeah, I'd still say that this isn't the episode that you end Goosebumps on. I still feel Cry of the Cat would have been a better one. And even yeah. that's, you know, it's not top tier Goosebumps, but it feels more like a finale uh, a celebration of what goosebumps is this is just you know it's a goofy episode that's got some cool parts and it had a big on location budget yeah yeah like my my ultimate feelings of this episode is it's kind of like what uh teacher's pet should have been just like better better than teacher's pet yeah there was a lot of uh human animal hybrid stuff going on right right and um it just it had uh, I think it had a bigger bigger budget than what um what was that oh yeah teacher's pet had <laughs> stupid episode okay <laughs> <laughs> you just mentioned it it's so forgettable yeah it is and then this one I don't think this one's forgettable I think this is one that people probably remembered a little bit if they stayed through and watched the fourth season of Goosebumps because I guess not a lot of people did all right Cortland maybe yeah. we should just talk about this one from the beginning okay uh, well kind of the middle right. And you know what? We're going to take it back to we're going to take it back to part 1 because okay. that's what this episode does. This episode starts with a two and a half minute long recap of part 1. Yeah, this recap by the way like whew, they have like full on conversations in this recap for no real reason. It's kind of stupid. Yeah, we I mean, I think we say it every time that there's a recap, like, oh, it's, it's half the episode or whatever. But this one, really, it stretches out. It's got entire scenes from the first one. It has parts that have no purpose being in here, like the part where Billy is like, I want to look at this goo under the microscope. And that yeah. line didn't have any reason to exist in that first part, let alone again in the second part. Like, we got to remind you. That he wants to look at this goo. I just... uh, Let's talk about that first part for a second here. When they are so distracted. Like, they have a mission. They're like, shit, we got this giant shark tooth. We have to tell Uncle Harold. But, like, they get so distracted by every tiny thing. And it's crazy. We actually start this part where we left off, which is on a deserted island. Mm -hmm. Uncle Harold is making a fire. 
and Sheena asks him if anybody can even see that tiny little fire. And he tells her that any passing ship is bound to investigate. Sure. Billy goes, why did Ritter abandon us here anyway? I thought you guys were partners. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Uncle Harold tells him, buddies. we were. I guess his greed got the best of him. One of the D-13 all for himself. When Sheena asks why that is, Harold says, I guess you two deserve to know. Which is yeah. like, you know, we're all going to be dead soon anyway. So exactly. There's nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> He points to the water and asks them what they see. Sheena looks out at the majesty of nature and says, Nothing. Oh my god. Billy responds, Water, duh. These kids. Uncle Harry says, Well, you're both right. And wrong. The ocean is alive with something called plankton. Sort of an all-you-can-eat buffet for fish. Ritter and I were working on something called D13 that can turn carbon dioxide into oxygen at four times the normal rate. But the growth hormone we used had a side effect. It caused the creatures who ate the plankton to grow at an amazing rate. He tells them that when Billy found that shark's tooth, he knew that the plankton had somehow found its way into open water. Then he says maybe it was when Lewis was cleaning out the lab equipment. What, did he clean it out in the ocean? Blame it on the dead guy. (laughs) Harold thought that all of this was getting out of control, so that's why he wanted to stop the experiment. But Ritter... Just wants money. He says D13 would be worth a fortune to the right people. They had a deal with Carl. It was great. Sheena the Jungle asks how you could make money off of giant fish. Which is a terrible question. That's a stupid question. question. And Harold tells her the obvious. You could end world hunger with some big ass tuna. But he warns her that it hasn't been tested on humans. And the side effects could be disastrous. So the question I have then... Does he mean it hasn't been tested on humans as in they're eating the plankton or drinking it, I guess? Or they they haven't eaten the giant fish yet? I'm going to say both. Okay. All right. I'll take if it. If you eat the giant fish, it's like it's like a zombie virus. You become the fish. That's fair. I guess that's that, that'll make sense later. <laughs> yes. Billy yells out that he thinks he found something. The others run over to a sprawling shipwreck site on the beach. Sheena looks at the boat and says... It must have been some kind of boat. Oh my god, Sheena. Billy reads the name of the boat. (laughs) She's very dumb. Yeah. The name of the boat is the Lady Milton. And they decide that the sweaty man from the beach must have been from the boat and he jumped overboard. Do you remember that guy? Because his part of the story is done. He's just gone. Yeah, he is no longer mentioned or talked about really. He's just uh, out of the episode. They kicked him out. Yeah. And after all that, that like buildup of, what's her name, Janet, the housekeeper, yeah. mm-hmm. she like looked at him very suspiciously and was like, hmm, this is somehow going to come up in part two. And then it just doesn't. Nope. Harold picks up a twisted hunk of metal and says, I don't think this boat just crashed. I think another one of our sea friends got hungry. Oh my god. Sheena just starts walking away quickly. Billy asks where she's going and she tells him, There's something every boat this size has got to have. And Harold says, "Mm, that's a possibility. Did you, I didn't know what they were talking about, did you? No, they both are just like, you know, they know what they're talking about without talking about it. Right. We're stupid. Sheena's actually a genius. Gosh. And we're just like, but Billy's with us. He's stupid like us. Good. He's like, hey, what's the hubba? 
and they decide to tell him that they're looking for an inflatable life raft. Oh, of sure. course. Duh. Don't you think that that nameless man would use it, though? But eh, whatever. Billy notices some movement in the bushes ahead of them, and he tries to mention it to the others, but they're focused on their search. So he wanders into the woods alone to investigate. I do love that. He's like, guys, hey, guys, guys, guys. And they don't listen to him even a little bit because they know Billy's dumb. <laughs> yeah, they don't even turn their head. They're not. They don't their care. ears don't perk up. They're just, oh. Yeah, after a few minutes of looking for the raft, but like not moving anything, literally just looking, Sheena goes into the woods too. A few feet into the woods, she doesn't find an inflatable raft, but she does find a little wooden boat. She yells, I found something, and runs back out. Billy is still walking further and further into unfamiliar woods, and he hears twigs snapping all around him. He spins in a circle, but doesn't see anybody. We're like halfway done with the episode already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we said, this episode has a lot happen. It's very backloaded. Back with Sheena, she and Uncle Harold check out the boat. She says, I wonder how it got here. I thought this island was deserted. And Uncle Harold tells her that it looks pretty old, but that it should hold the three of them. Then Uncle Harold notices something. He says, the branches underneath should have died under the canoe. It's almost like somebody hit it here recently. It builds up all these mysteries that really don't fucking matter. Does it matter if the branches under it are not dead? Like, does it really matter? No, it doesn't matter at all. Especially considering, because, like, the mystery is like, oh, there's other people on this island. We've already seen that, though, because Billy is seeing people, like, run around and stuff already. Billy and has the seen crunching. people, and we've seen from their perspective, looking at Billy. Yeah. We know that there's something there. They would have just listened to Billy, but nope. We immediately cut to a creeper cam following Billy. Billy stops when he notices some slime on a leaf. And of course he sniffs that shit. Oh, he loves it. <laughs> and you know he wishes he had a microscope there. He's just <laughs> thinking, god damn it. Oh, got back my microscope. <laughs> he yells out, I don't think we're alone on this island. And he starts <laughs> running back towards shore. Maybe, I guess. Somewhere. Uh, he's lost. <laughs> fake Jaws music starts playing as something follows him. Back on shore, Sheena is holding one of the canoe's paddles, and she says, It's covered in that slime! She turns to ask Billy if he remembers the smell of it, when she notices for the first time that Billy isn't there. Oh my god. <laughs> Smelling slime is like Billy's primary characteristic. Billy, remember when you smelled that slime? Smell this? Oh wait, you're gone. What? <laughs> <laughs> Billy loves smelling slime. He does, though. You know, Sheena's got it right. Yeah. She knows that something must be wrong for him not to be there smelling that slime. Billy is busy running for his life in a field of tall grass when he gets grabbed by someone. They drag him away, covering his mouth with a green, scaly claw. I have to ask Brandon. Yeah? Did the, So, this was the part where it reminded me of Jurassic Park a bit. You know, with the tall grass and... Was it Stay the Lost World? The tall grass. Yeah, yeah, with the raptors and stuff, and then they did mm -hmm. that again in The Mummy Returns. This episode is a little bit uh, Jurassic Park-esque, isn't it? Yeah, it's very Lost World. Mm -hmm. Like it. That movie was 97, right? I believe so, yeah. So and This is 98, so clearly they saw that movie and were like, you know, whatever we can do on this tiny budget. Yep. Yeah, they were like, kids love this shit, let's copy it. <laughs> and then they did. 
and it was amazing. Just was- like Jurassic Park, The Lost World. Everyone agrees. There's a scene in a like, couple minutes. It's perfect. I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> Billy manages to wrangle his way onto the ground, and he gives out two perfectly identical screams. <laughs> <laughs> Harold and Sheena hear this and start running. I constantly give out identical screams when I'm in danger. Reminds me of um, the lunar locust when she's looking through the locker. <laughs> Maybe they're in here. Ah! <laughs> yes. Oh, that episode is funny. Sheena and Harold go in separate directions for some reason, and Sheena finds Billy's watch on the ground. Then she feels some slime, and something around her growls. She starts running, yelling out, Uncle Harold! Then Sheena, too, is dragged away by someone covering her mouth. Except it's just Uncle Harold this time. Why did he do that? (laughs) (laughs) Don't know. People in Goosebumps always do that. I don't, uh, it's not a way to like tell somebody you're there. You don't just cover their mouth and grab them. Everyone in the Goosebumps universe, like if they're coming up behind someone, they, you know, they put both hands around your neck and strangle you a little bit and then you turn around. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's just grandma. <laughs> it's the perfect way to tell somebody you're there, you know? <laughs> so dumb. And like it. It never fools me. I'm never like, oh, God, she's grabbed by a monster. Except for Billy, who was grabbed by a monster, but eh, whatever. <laughs> but I knew it was a monster right away. I wasn't like, oh, that's Sheena. Wait, it's really a monster. <laughs> Uncle Harold tells her to shut up, and they both run back to the beach. <laughs> shut up, Sheena. I got explaining to do. Uh, Uncle Harold is the fucking worst. <laughs> He tells her, we have to find Billy and leave here immediately. Things are worse than I thought. The D-13 plankton must have reached this island. Sheena asks how he figured that, when they both look up and see a giant lizard looking down at them. Yeah, a giant green screen lizard that's just kind of chilling over a mountaintop. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh shit, we're getting giant animals, okay. Yeah, it's not just giant fish, Corlin, it's giant everything. Everything, yes. Lizards love eating plankton. And people. (laughs) Harold and Sheena start running on a green screen, and the lizard follows them. And the effects, Corlin, some shots look okay. Yeah. Some shots, like when the lizard's chasing them here, it's green screen... Lizard just slapped over footage of a beach, and mm-hmm. in this part, like, the lizard's tail and his leg are just, like, on the water, because it was just slapped on that beach. Yeah, it doesn't look great, but I don't mind it. No, it's not horrible. So they keep running, and then they just run into a big-ass crab. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, we're getting a lot of stuff in this episode. Okay, here's the budget. Yeah, this is when things get slightly interesting. They run into the woods and keep going until they find a small shack. Uncle Harold tells Sheena that lizards don't see too well. Oh, God. But they're sensitive to even the smallest vibration. So she really just has to shut up. Yeah, she won't, though. No. And this is... This is Jurassic Park-ish as well. It's so funny. Oh, my God. What happens next? I love it. (laughs) The shack starts to shake as the lizard approaches. Then... He sticks his head through a hole in the shack. He's just like, hey, buddies. <laughs> it turns its head and, like, you can see its eye, like, looking around at him. <laughs> like, what is this? What is happening? 
<laughs> and the lizard isn't really looking aggressive or anything. He's literally just looking around <laughs> and being a lizard. This lizard's just living its best life, looking around. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get any footage of the lizard, like, hissing or <laughs> opening its mouth or anything. It's just like, I'm looking around, lizard, what's going on? It's like, sup, guys? Oh, nobody's moving? <laughs> you must be invisible. <laughs> yeah. I thought I saw some peoples run into here, but my eyes must have been goofing. Uh, thankfully, Uncle Harold not only knows everything about fish, but he also knows everything <laughs> about lizards and knows he that knows if you just stay still, everything. they'll think he uses twigs or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lizard's size is really inconsistent in these scenes, too, because very much like yeah. in some clips... The lizard is towering over the trees like fucking Godzilla. And then in this part, he can like fit his head in a little window. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pop in and say hello. Very inconsistent. I loved it. Yeah. It's great. Not to uh, take away from this because it's the best part of the episode. Mm-hmm. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> then the lizard leaves. Uncle Harold says that they got to get back to the canoe. Sheena tells him, I'm not leaving here without my brother. Oh my god, yeah. Uncle Harold starts to say, there's a good chance Billy is fucking dead. (laughs) Yes, yeah. He's He's like, abandon his nephew. We're gonna have to forget about him. (laughs) Yeah. Just forget about your brother. He's gone. Just pretend he never existed. I'll just tell my sister that (laughs) she never had a Billy. Yep, yep. He is kind of the worst (laughs) uncle, isn't he? He really is. But anyway, but before he can finish saying that, that same green scaly claw that grabbed Billy comes out of the floorboards and grabs Harold's leg, and he's sucked into the ground. I love this. The best part about this is that, like, he's getting dragged into the ground, like, into this new hole, and he's like, Sheena, you gotta get out of here, as he's grabbing for Sheena for help. (laughs) (laughs) Sheena, go! Go, but also grab my hand and get me out of this fucking pit! He sucks. Oh my god. Uh, Sheena tries to help him, kind of, but the claw is too strong, and he yells, Sheena! As he disappears. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Sheena sits there for a second, thinking about how she's alone. Then the claw makes a grab for her, but she just kind of backs away from it. And she tells herself, I'm not gonna cry. I would. I'd cry too, yeah. I wouldn't blame her for crying. Giant lizards, are you kidding me? Her brother's dead. Her her <laughs> uncle just got absorbed into the ground. I'd cry. Yeah. She grabs a semi-pointy stick and says, I'm Sheena the Jungle. Yeah, right. And she jumps down into the hole. Now she ends up in a pretty spacious cave. It's mm-hmm. all blue and stuff, and she just picks a random direction and starts walking, calling out, Uncle Harold? Like, she's not even looking for Billy anymore. No, she know Billy got eaten, so... Yeah. He's Billy's dead. dead. There's a hissing sound, and she looks up to see a giant snake. Mm-hmm. Now we got snakes, Cortland. Yep. It's Mr. Blankendorf or whatever, but... <laughs> back for more. He did it. He could finally eat them kids. Could you imagine if it, <laughs> they, like, showed his face morphed <laughs> on that snake face? <laughs> Uh, it'd be crazy oh, as hell. It would be such a great Easter egg, but like, man, that's dumb. The snake follows her for a little bit, but she escapes it pretty easy. And I think the the snake effect looks better than the rest because, like, the cave is all blue, so yeah. they color graded 
the snake to look blue and it just kind of matches the environment a lot more. Mm-hmm. It looks like there's a giant snake. Yeah, pretty, it's good. pretty good. She turns another corner and sees a couple of people holding torches. Someone comes up behind Sheena and grabs her shoulder. Uh-huh. This must be a monster, am I right? It's gotta be. No, it's just fucking Billy. He's got dirt all over his face, and he tells her that they gotta get out of there. Sheena asks, what happened to you? Where did you go? And he should have been like, I went fucking here. Yeah. What do you think? They both run away until they run into a giant, awesome ant. Oh, man. Yep, and I, I was watching this episode with Kim, and she's like, so did they just reuse the ant from Awesome Ants? And I was like, they did, yes. This is exactly what they did. Of course they did. <laughs> if you have a giant ant in, you know, your prop closet already. Yeah. We do see a couple wouldn't... of extra, like, uh, props from other episodes, uh, mm-hmm. namely Shocker on Shock Street, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, they were just like, hey, we get, we need another giant, giant fucking bug. And they were like, wow, we got this ant. Let's use it again. And I'm here for that. Do it. You know what? Reuse yeah. it. Recycle. Upsell it or whatever. Yeah. Just another giant animal to add to the collection. Except for this one looks faker than the rest because it's it does. not a real ant. Re- <laughs> it's not an actual ant. They could have used the giant ant from uh, Blonster Blood 2, but they were like, nah, we're going to go with the real the real deal here. Well, You know, they already the had the footage of the dog from Monster Blood on the green screen they could have just slapped him in there too oh my god by the way there's a giant golden retriever in this cave they do use a lot of giant animals in goosebumps don't they i mean wouldn't you well they didn't in are you afraid of the dark so much was there anything giant in that and that's that's why are you afraid of the dark sucks oh my god no <laughs> no but uh the the giant animal shots are goofy so that's probably why they avoided them in are you afraid of the dark yeah, you're right. But R.L. Stein writes a lot of giant animals because it's not as goofy in the books when you can just be like, and it looks fucking scary. Yeah, yeah R.L. Stein's just like, <laughs> this is going to be the scariest thing you see is a giant ant. Um, they uh, they did do a giant ant uh, as an aunt, you know, in uh, The Tale of the Dollmaker when she was like chugging through the, the attic. I think that was I mean, about it, it. It was a normal sized ant, but yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your giant enemy crab. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you listen to it all. We're just so thankful for you spending some time with us. Just like last week, I do have some updates to talk about. If you didn't see, we got our Twitter handle updated to at UANpod. You can still find us on Instagram at Up All Night Podcast. I've been doing a lot more video content that you can find over on our TikTok at Private Island Presents as well as on our YouTube channel in the form of shorts. For a quick link to all of our social media channels, the Discord server, the Facebook group, and more, check out the link in the episode description. I've got all of our Patreon cards in the mail, but if you want a little more holiday cheer, there's still some time. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash private island for as little as a dollar a month, and I can get a holiday card out for you. Of course, there's a lot of other benefits like early release episodes, some bloopers, video episodes, and more to enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Preston, Lyle, and Eddie, the Silver Goth, Steven, Mr. Normal, Matt, Lindsay, Aaron, and Brittany, the Golden Day Days, Sarah, Matthew, Faith, Christy, and Angela, and the Platinum Bostics, Kathy, Farron, Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. We are still slowly making our way to our first 100,000 downloads, and while I don't think it'll happen, it would be amazing to hit that before the end of the year. 
I would absolutely need your help, though. If you know anybody that listens to podcasts, just tell them about our show. We've got plenty of episodes and content to binge, and I think that we all know they'd love it. Shout us out on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. I love seeing it, and it would really make our day. You can catch me live every Wednesday night at about 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Instagram, where we watch full-length episodes of horror anthology shows. I also stream regularly on Twitch, so that's twitch.tv slash privateislandc. My normal schedule is Sunday, Tuesdays, and Thursday nights from about 9 p.m. Eastern until midnight or so. I know a lot of you are wondering where we'll be taking the podcast now that we're finished with every episode of Goosebumps, but fear not. We have the next few years worked out already, so there's going to be plenty of content for years to come. We're going to announce our roadmap next episode during the Goosebumps series wrap-up, so stay tuned. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show. Aside from this theme, Dating Start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox, I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks again for listening in. For now, I will let you get back to the final episode of Goosebumps the TV series. I'll talk to you later. Bye. The ant is, like, pretty persistent in attacking them for some reason. But luckily, one of those people with the torches comes and shoes the ant away. Mm -hmm. This figure is covered head to toe in robes. Billy is like, let's go, Sheena. And the hooded figure says, Sheena? Sheena? Sheena the jungle? (laughs) She's like, you know me? The figure says, your uncle used to talk about you. And you must be Billy. My name is Lewis. I used to work with your uncle. Sure. Sheena asks what he's doing down here, and Lewis says, I don't belong anyplace else. And he pulls down his hood that he's wearing, revealing a weird-looking barnacle coral head. I think it looks like octopus tentacles. I, th- I didn't know if that's what they were going for. It does kind of look like the suckers on tentacles. Yes. But also it just looks like weird circles and I don't like it. I think it looks pretty good. I mean, I don't think it looks like a, you know, fish person hybrid by any means, but uh, I don't know. I think it looks okay. Yeah. The makeup work is good. I just think it looks disgusting. Exactly. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. Sheena and Billy gasp and try not to vomit as Lewis just continues talking about how Harold and Ritter were experimenting with D13 and Ritter told him that he would pay an extra hundred dollars a week. To take D13 himself. Yes, be a guinea pig. Human experiments, no big deal. $100 a week in 1998? That's like... He could get a 964 after a couple weeks. Seriously. Billy asks, So that was you who grabbed me in the bushes? And Lewis is like, Nah, that wasn't me. It must have been the others. Okay, alright. I, I would have loved to know how Billy got away and into the caves, but... uh, Oh well. Yeah, like he got sucked away by someone Hmm. uh so what happened after that if it was one of the monsters who like isn't good well see i mean spoilers for a couple minutes here they they grabbed billy and they're like wait a second you ain't harold and then they let him go that's probably what happened okay so they're not just like let's kill everyone i don't think so i don't know they're not like the giant lizard no (laughs) no they're still peoples Eh. sheena is like wait there are other hideous people like you And Lewis says, yeah, that's why we've got to get you out before they find you. But Sheena refuses to go. She says, Uncle Harold is still down here. Yeah, Uncle Harold wouldn't leave us, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That'd be funny if Billy said that. Like, sure about that, Billy? <laughs> Lewis is like, forget it. He's monster num-nums, dog. They want to punish him for making D13. Sheena still won't go. She says it was all Ritter's fault. And Lewis tries to explain that the other freaks won't listen. But Sheena says, we will just have to change their minds. And that's settled. So now they're skulking through the caves looking for monsters. Cool. Billy asks what they're going to do when they find them. And Sheena is like, I don't know. But we gotta do something. Sure. So she's got no plan. She's just gonna just start performing Shakespeare. See what happens. God, I hope so. (laughs) They eventually find the group of robed figures surrounding Harold tied to a stake. We cut to them, and Harold asks what the people want. One of them takes off their hood and says, Justice! And we see that they have a piranha head. Oh, man. It looks exactly the same as in Chalker on Shock Street from, like, the Attack of the Piranha People. Yeah. It's exactly the same, and it's like, man... That was lucky that they already had a piranha head mm-hmm. mask. Mm-hmm. The rest start taking off their hoods. One of them just has like a Halloween mask of wrinkled skin and some teeth. But he's also got a lobster claw. A crab. He's a crab people. Yeah. Another one has like some creature from the Black Lagoon vibes, which, you know, looks pretty cool. And he roars in Harold's face. But it sounds like a party favor. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It's good. Trying to be all scary and he's like... (laughs) Then from behind Harold comes a giant tarantula for some reason. Oh boy. Harold goes, you have to believe me. I created D13 to help mankind, not to destroy it. It was all Ritter's fault. I didn't know he was conducting experiments on the peoples. One of the monsters says, it was you. Ritter told us so. And it was your name on the checks. It's too late. We Got will determine em. your fate like your invention has determined ours. I mean, that's fair. I mean, if you can't trust Ritter, who can you trust? Exactly. Action Sheena jumps out now, yelling, Stop! The monsters are like, Huh? What's going on now? And Sheena says that Ritter was using the experiments to get rich and that they can prove it. I Okay, so... She's like, stop it! And they all just, like, stand there and look at her and start talking to her. There's still a giant tarantula. Um, Nobody stopped (laughs) that. No. The tarantula stops and listens to Sheena as well. Okay. (laughs) Let's hear what she has to say. All right. (laughs) Say your piece, child. (laughs) Yeah, the spider never used to be a person. It's just a spider. Anyway, so she says she can prove that Ritter is the bad one. And the monsters ask how. And Sheena's proof is to say, well, think about it. Why would we all come here if we knew what was going on? Ritter brought us here to get us out of the way. Okay. Solid case. Open yep. and shut. Yeah, You're free definitely. to go. I mean, she's telling the truth, Beyond but they a reasonable don't know that. doubt. Ridiculous. The fish monster is like, duh, why? And Harold says Ritter just wanted that sweet, sweet money with no regard <laughs> to the consequences. The fish monsters huddle up for a little chat sesh, and then they break up and say, Okay, let's go get Ritter. <laughs> You've convinced us. That We're fish so monsters. Weird. That was easy, man. Yeah, very anticlimactic. That, that's the big climax of all of Goosebumps. Yeah, she's basically just like, actually it was him, and they're like, oh, okay, well, whoops, sorry, let me get you off of the stake here. Think about it, though. It must have been Ritter, because 
<laughs> oh boy. Yeah, well, it worked. They, they, it she definitely did it. worked. She knew the jungle saved the day. <laughs> we cut back to Harold and Ritter's house, and old Ritz is packing up his things into the car. He walks back toward the house when he notices some of that green slime. Oh no, he better smell it. <laughs> he touches it and sniffs it, and then he's like, oh fuck, oh shit. And he just starts running through the woods all the way to the beach, where he gets into a boat to avoid the sea monsters. Yeah, he's stupid. He could have got in that car, but oh well. Yeah. They can't drive. <laughs> That fake Jaws music starts playing as he tries and fails to start the engine. Then, a slimy monster hand grabs the boat. Lewis says, Going somewhere, Dr. Ritter? The whole monster squad is there, staring him down. He screams, and that takes us to a commercial break. Okay. When we come back, Harold and the gang are sitting on a beach. Back home, on their island, I guess. Sure. Lewis is a person again, and he waves to a couple of other persons as they take off in a boat. He tells Harold, well, that's the last of the antidote, and Harold says that should be the last of D-13. Lewis is like, what about all the giant fish and snakes and shit? And Harold tells him, oh, they should be normal size after 48 hours, they're good. How are they going to get that into, like, the giant spider and snake and stuff, though? Don't question it. They're okay. good. <laughs> alright, alright. 48 hours, we got 48 it. 48 hours and everything just magically happens. Okay. <laughs> Harold tells Sheena and Billy, I promise you guys, the rest of your summer vacation will be normal. No mad scientists, no hideous monsters. Well, that's a lot to promise. Something could still no. go wrong. He's still a mad scientist, Cortland. Yeah, he's a jerk scientist. <laughs> he took nasty lessons, remember? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's what he's doing at the university. They keep calling him like, Harold, you're late for your nasty lessons. Harold, you paid for these nasty <laughs> lessons. <laughs> We're not going to reimburse your tuition. <laughs> We've got other people who want to take these classes. You, <laughs> Your maid's here. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps talking to us about chocolate cake. We don't know what she's talking about. She didn't touch it. <laughs> oh speaking of which we yeah. have we have a minute and a half left counting the credits and we still haven't even seen her this episode <laughs> yeah she hasn't done jack shit this episode she was so suspicious in the last one and she is not present whatsoever so far yeah they were setting up some kind of twist with her in part one she knew way more than she let on she didn't let on anything, i guess <laughs> she didn't let on anything but like us as the viewers we were like oh that chick knows something she's yeah but, but nope nope not even a little whatever. bit <laughs> oh god sheena says that's good uncle harold but asks what do you think happened to ritter and billy adds yeah he sort of disappeared after the fish monsters attacked him hmm what could have happened <laughs> yeah what could it possibly be <laughs> Uh, Harold tells the kids I don't think we've seen the last of him And now We fade away to some other island A carnival barker is like See the fish man He's half man And half fish And he's alive Come on down And we pan over To see that it's Janet The housekeeper There she is for some reason 
yeah, that's what it was all leading up to. She has a freak show. Yep. She doesn't clean houses anymore. She sweeps up the money from these tourists. Yeah. This is dumb. It's really stupid. So they have this whole like tent thing set up that's like, oh, fish man and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they got a big crowd and we look over and it's it's Ritter. He's the fish man and he doesn't look happy to be in this water enclosure with his stupid face because it's got a lot of shit plastered on it. Yeah, when we see Ritter, he's just kind of got a wrinkly face. Like, he's got wrinkles that I guess maybe are supposed to be gills, but they're, like, not on his neck or anything. They're just on his cheeks and... His forehead and his... He looks dumb. He looks stupid. Did he agree to do this? Like, was he like, yo, Janet, (laughs) I'm a fish person now. Let's make some money. She found him and she was like, well, you're a fish person now. Here are your options. Here's your contract. You work for me now. <laughs> you can just be a merman in the ocean. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, it's dumb. So that's that's how we end Goosebumps, the series. That's that's it. We're Wrinkly done. Wrinkly Ritter in a fish tank, <laughs> banging on, like, let me out of here, but also this is my job. Like, yeah, no. But also I agreed to do this. <laughs> I wasn't forced in here even a little bit by Janet. Nope. I begged to come in here. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's that's fucking that's it. We're done. That's goosebumps. Wow. They should have had Arlstein for this final one. Like, I hope you like my stories or whatever, but uh no. It's just the end. That's the end of the series. We're done. We wrapped it up. Beautiful fish bow. All wow. finished. So Corlin, what did you think about Goosebumps? I thought it was fun. I had a good time through Goosebumps, not gonna lie. It's a fun show. It's not a scary show, but it's fun. Once I got done with this episode, you know, my I was like, did any episode really, like, scare me or anything? And uh, I don't think any of them did. But I still think it's a pretty good introduction to horror for kids. And I'll talk about that next week more, I'm sure. Yeah. Next week, we'll talk about the whole series as a whole. Yeah. Um. Well, just finishing up this deep trouble, like, as far as cast goes, there's really only one extra character, and that's Lewis. Yeah. Let's let's take a look at him. So he's played by Jason McSkimming. That's a name. Yeah, it's definitely <gasps> a name. This motherfucker. And we've seen Jason before because he played Michael in the Tale of the Last Dance. Cortland, do you remember Michael, that shithead? Yeah, he had the he had the coat, right? He had the leather jacket. Yeah. Another episode about a freak, half huh. person, half freak. <laughs> I barely remember him in that episode. He was in fucking Caitlin's Way, though, Brandon. We talk about yeah. that shit all the time. Caitlin's Way, 11 episodes. So probably the entire collection of Caitlin's Way. I wonder if he did end up getting Caitlin's Way or not, you know? We'll never know. Well, we could know. That could be the next show we do. Caitlin's Way. That's not. We're not it's not going to be. Way. No. <sighs> yeah. So, I don't remember if we talked about him then or not, but he was in a show called Just a Kid. He was in... Uh-oh. A TV series called Little Men, and a TV movie called Common Ground. Yeah. He was also in Ready or Not. I think that had Laura Bertram in it, right? No. That was the one with Jewel State, right? No, no, no. It was it was Laura Bertram. Never mind. Uh, you're mixing up your Canadian shows, man. I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cortland. Yeah. What is the moral of this? 
Hmm. The moral of the story is probably like, don't mess with nature. Like, don't try to solve world hunger because it'll lead to catastrophe. Yeah, the moral is the same as Jurassic Park because this wants to be Jurassic Park. It sure does. Yeah. The real moral of the story, though, is if you have your, your niece and nephew over, tell them not to do anything. Like, just stop it. Quit going to the beach. Can't go in the kitchen. Quit breaking shit. Moral of the story, don't have your don't niece have and nephew fun. over. Yeah. <laughs> If you have a beach house, make it boring. (laughs) If you, moral of the story, here again, if you turn into a fish person, use it to maximize your profits. Yeah, I mean, work with what you've got. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got gills? Work them gills, girl. Yes, get in that fish tank. Have those people look at you and be like, this is fake, but yet still give you their money. Yeah, I mean, you've got their money at that point. (laughs) Yeah, I got nothing. There's (laughs) this episode... (laughs) So many good moral. This episode is just like everybody is stupid and does stupid things. So don't be like them. Yep, that's true. Uh, if you can't see your your nephew for even a minute, he's dead. You know, just don't even look <laughs> for him. Give it, give it up. Yeah, run away. Then he'll definitely be dead for sure. <laughs> he's not dead yet. He will be. Okay, deep trouble. As a title, that's that's a pun, I guess. I like the title. I think it's fun. It's not a bad title. It's a good title probably for the first book, which was about sharks, because there's a shark right on the cover, which I wish we would have seen a shark, but we don't. Um, No, we see a robotic shark fin for some reason. mm -hmm. Why does he have that? Uh, Pulling pranks. I don't know. Okay. Um, Deep Trouble. Maybe it should have been called Deep Trouble Part 2. Deep that's Trouble confusing. 2, because that's it's based I'm on that book. I'm too confused. <laughs> well, they did that with Night of the Living Dummy. True. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, Deep Trouble 2, um, Fish People. It came from the beach house. Uh, don't go into the laboratory. Goosebumps, the finale. Breaking shit. The end. Yeah. The finishing touch to Goosebumps. The end of Arlstein's gravy train. Except all the fucking books he writes. Except he was writes still so on a many. roll. Yeah. Just, you know what, though? It's not, because he had other horror anthology TV series. He's got the Fear Street movies. He's got lots of shit. Arnold Stein is not hurting for money. Hopefully he adopts us after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're his biggest fans, Cortland. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's like, did you read all my books? And I'd be like, uh, about that. I've seen all your shows. <laughs> None of them? I- I've seen a, a fraction of your shows. I don't know. <laughs> well, we think very highly of him, at least, when we're not making fun of him and accusing him of murder. Yeah, well, I mean, who doesn't do that, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um. Well, there's not a, a cover for you to look up for next week, because that's it. That's it for the covers, which is a shame. Because yeah. there are a lot of great Goosebumps covers. There really are. Love Goosebumps covers. Most of them, anyway. Yeah, so next week, we're going to do our usual rundown of the best episodes and worst episodes. But, Cortland, there's only eight episodes of this season. So... Yeah, we should probably just do all of the episodes, yeah. right? So next talk episode, about we're just going to talk about Goosebumps as a whole. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. So send in your questions... Have a laugh. Feels like we just did this because we did. We just, just we did just this. do this two months ago. Um, but now, yeah, we're still here asking, you know, if you could please donate a fraction please. of your time to give us some questions. Please, sirs, ask me something, and ma'ams, 
what I had for lunch today. A wee bit of questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this will be fun because next week we'll talk about like kind of what we're going to do next because everybody wants to know like, oh, Goosebumps is almost over. What you going to do next? Well, we're here to tell you, except for next week when we tell you. Yes. So tune in for that because this train does not stop. No, we're never stopping, you guys. This is going to be the longest running podcast. We're going to sit there and we're going <laughs> to take out all those other ones. My, my, uh, I almost said my hairiest adventure. My favorite murder. Fuck off. We're the big shots now. <laughs> yeah, that's us. The big shots. The big shots. All right. But that's well, next week. <laughs> Portland, yeah. I'll talk to you next week to discuss all of Goosebumps. That's it for Deep Trouble Part 2. The finale. Yeah. All right. I've been up all night. Talk to you next week, Cortland. Sounds good. Let's do it. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. I'm not going to cry.